0: know the why human trafficking work is needed, to fight for the freedom of modern-day slaves. But love, passion, commitment isn't all you need to be an effective and successful anti-trafficking advocate. Learn the how. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson, Director of the Human Trafficking and Social Justice Institute at the University of Toledo. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation podcast, where I'll provide you with the latest and best methods, policy, and practice Discussed by experienced experts in the field, so that you can cut through the noise, save time, hey, hey, what's been going on, Lisa?
1: uh, not much. I'm still feeling very passionate about the last series on missing and murdered indigenous women. uh If anyone missed that last episode, by the way, they should tune in because it was it was some very powerful stuff.
0: Yes, yes, I'm looking forward to them actually being at the Human trafficking and Social Justice conference training coming up in September. So we're going to be happy to see them present. And also, we are accepting abstracts, by the way, right now to present at the conference. So I want to let people know that.
1: Oh, I I love the conference. It's, I always enjoy it. Um, It's like eight months away. And I happen to know that people can join the Emancipation Nation Network and get access to all kinds of stuff.
0: That's right. This is our commercial, I guess, for uh, the network. But yeah, you could join the Emancipation Nation Network anytime for free. Just go to Google and say, plug in Emancipation Nation Network and get you'll get information. You'll get jobs, grants, research, there's all kinds webinars, of stuff. There's free webinars all
1: kinds of topics. That's
0: right. And uh, there's a downloadable app, too. So you can always keep up with everything that's going on and you can reach out to other members anytime.
1: And how many members are there now?
0: Uh, I am not sure. I think I just looked and maybe there's about 865 members.
1: Very cool. So why don't you talk a little bit on why you started the network?
0: Um, Well, I wanted to really give people a place that they could go where it's just like, you know, like I would go to websites like Polaris Project is a great website, sharedhope.org, great website. But then you go there and the information is just static, like same information last week, last year, maybe they update it, but it's just the same old website. So with the network, you know, it's more dynamic, like you can go in and each week we're updating information and you can get new and interesting and relevant, you know, information. So that that really makes it a lot more dynamic.
1: Yeah, that does seem like a lot of work to set up.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. And <laughs> it was a lot of work, but you know, it's really worth it. And I'm really looking forward to improving it because I, I got some ideas about how to gamify it like I, I i don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet but it's really my goal is to not just provide like dynamic information that changes all the time but really to have people enter the network and then within a year not only to get great dynamic information but to experience a transformation so i want to move from just providing information to providing transformation so that they can improve their knowledge and skills, you know, in the area of anti-trafficking work.
1: Okay. Well, I can't wait to find out what this new is. Is it a new platform?
0: Yeah, it's going to be a new platform. And, you know, I'm not going to say anything more right now, but I'm going to be revealing it in a few months.
1: Okay. Well, I can't wait to see what the new platform has to offer. I see you on there and you have a group going, right?
0: Yeah, I do. I do have a group. Um, It's a doctoral group. We meet monthly with doctoral students that are interested in human trafficking research. And these students are really all over the world and different disciplines. The one thing that they have in common is that they're all interested in doing anti-trafficking research. And what else? And so (laughs) I've also been working on a new course that I am very excited about. So it's a case management course, and it's going to be called or it is called effective case management with human trafficking survivors. It's a 12 week course. So students would be in the course, you know, for three months, every week, they'll be learning different things. And it really came about because I was frustrated, basically, Uh, you know, where are the case managers that are trained in human trafficking? And you know, it dawned on me, finally, it's like, well, I mean, I have years of experience as a case manager and I'll create the course. So um, I'm creating the course right now. It's pretty exciting. Uh, When the students are done, they're going to know how to do effective case management with human trafficking uh, survivors. So um, I'm excited and I'm working on it every morning that I get up.
1: When, when's this going to be out?
0: Um, I'm hoping to start advertising it maybe in the next few weeks. Uh, So podcast listeners will hear about it very, very soon, for sure, with ways that they can watch the free webinar, and then they'll be able to sign up for the class. So stay tuned for that.
1: Okay. So who are we interviewing today?
0: Uh, I'm interviewing Dr. Justin Pierre. And I think you will be impressed. I think the audience will be impressed. He is A phenomenal person and he's done some phenomenal work. I mean, he managed, you're not going to believe this, to interview over 342 traffickers. Traffickers? Traffickers, girl. He has mapped out the trafficking routes around the Caribbean because he's a migration expert. And well, okay, I don't want to give it all away. So uh, I want you to you know, hear it and then we'll talk about it on the back end.
1: Yeah, hell no, don't give it away. Let's listen.
0: Yeah, so let's listen and we'll come back on the back end and discuss it. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation. Today we have Dr. Justin Pierre. He's the Director of Research and Business Development for Dunn Pierre Barnett and Company Canada Limited. So I want to talk to him today because he's an expert in labor marketing, migration, and human trafficking in the Caribbean area. So welcome, Dr. Justin.
2: Hi, good uh, afternoon. Thank you very much for, um, for having me on your show. Yeah. Um,
0: well, it's just a really rare treat because what you have done is really groundbreaking. I mean, this has not been done before. I have not heard of it being done before, but you actually did uh, a large research study um, around the Caribbean region and contacted over 600 traffickers. And so I really want to talk about that today. But before we even dig into it, tell us about when your company started and how you got started and, and how you got into this type of work.
2: Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, I am the Director of uh, Research and Business Development at a Canadian firm by the name of Dunpear Barnett and Company Canada Limited. And we basically are a firm, we, into, we do a lot of research, but we specialize in something called uh, um, qualification assessment. We help, comp- we help countries um, get, uh, get everything with regard to skills, in mm-hmm. terms of the, you know, qualifications, um, TBET, uh, vocational education, are certified. So we we are firm. We are on that. But in another part of our firm, we deal with a lot of research, which is called labor market data collecting, data demand manipulation of data. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all firm is is lucky, or um, fortunately, we have one of the largest database, labor market database, Within the Caribbean region, so if, for example, we have about maybe, maybe maybe all of the telephone directories in our database. So all the telephone directories, the white pa- the white pages, the yellow pages, all the t- types of firms, who they are. So we sort of track uh, qualifications, professions. Uh, about twelve hundred different professions within within the Caribbean region. Okay. So what the professions, who are there, where they're going, where they travel to, we have all that data. So we provide a lot of data and a lot of the, some of the international agencies kind of need those sort of data. So we are in close contact with, with many of these, these organizations.
0: So you provide different countries with migration information from people in the Caribbean, people moving from the Caribbean around the world. And, and I guess a lot of governments and and agencies would need access to that type of information, right, for planning and uh, the work that they may be doing.
2: Yes, that is, okay. that is, correct.
0: And then how did you get into then... Um, understanding human trafficking and doing that type of work for like the European Union and the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime. How did you get to do that work for them, which is uh, identifying human trafficking and understanding human trafficking in the Caribbean
2: world? Okay. Well, very good. Uh, we uh, we we, as I said, in research we uh, specialize in, in what is in migration labor market research. So the the whole the, the migration. So we specialize in what is called the the geography of people, why people move. So we did one of uh, in 2016, we did a, a, one of the, a very large study for the government of the Turks and Caicos. Mm-hmm. So we looked at migration uh, and skills within the Tucson Caicos Islands. So we looked at about there were in you know, at the time in the Tux and Caicos, there were persons from about 97 different nationalities who worked and lived in the Tucson Caicos. But one of the when we were on the ground, we we realized that there was a there was a problem, challenge with uh, with the Haitian, Haitian refugees, so Haitians, um, um, going from Haiti on, on a sloop into the toxin and cakers. so we had the opportunity to um, interview persons within Haiti, within, and find out what, why, uh, to understand how they travel from one place to the other. And we realized that, in addition to these these migrants, you know, economic migrants moving from Haiti to to the Turks and Caicos, a lot a lot of them were were either smuggled, and um from Haiti into the Turks and kicker so we, we we did a lot of study on that and then uh, in 2017 we we did a very large study with the world health organization and the pan american health organization on the on the um, on the migration of health workers within the Caribbean region, so we looked at health workers within the 32 countries within this region. So we so with that information, we were able to go into every country and build a strong database mm-hmm. on who is moving, who who is not moving, who who is leaving, etc. And we got in contact with a lot of the persons within that that business. And in 2019, uh, we were fortunate to conduct one of the largest human trafficking studies ever conducted in the Caribbean region. It was a a project which was sponsored by the European Union and was managed by CARICOM, or in that case, CARIFORUM, which include the uh, Dominican Republic, Haiti, and all the countries within the Caribbean region, um, um, including Trinidad, uh, Suriname, and Guyana. So with that information, we were able to sort of unearth a lot of information. Uh, We went to the, you know, found out some of the root causes. We went to the, I mean persons within the within the the red light district. We we interviewed traffickers, victims, the whole gambit. And there we found that there were a lot of there were a lot of human trafficking is is really an industry. It's a a business. It, It is something that is entrenched. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully, within our discussion, we we will be able to talk more about it.
0: Yeah. So I I read that there were about eight hundred thousand to one hundred twenty thousand trafficking victims that are trafficked through the Caribbean region. And so your team has really been able to have boots on the ground to talk to people, to interview traffickers and law enforcement and smugglers and victims and other actors involved. And really, I think what, what the audience would love to know is how did you actually do it? Like on the ground, how did you connect and interview uh, this many traffickers?
2: Okay, well, it, it's um, it's because of of our history in in conducting research, in conducting field research. We had uh, we 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 develop uh, a methodology. What we found, we found, for example, that that the church, the church has the the largest cross section of people you 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 can find in in any country. So when we when we are, are normally when we do going to a country we always try to meet with the church first persons in the church mm-hmm. so in that case we went to the church we tell them what we're doing we wanted to find out if we can speak to persons when we spoke to them we found out that um, we told them what we're doing we also found out that there were people who were once you know prostitutes for example or, or sex workers and have now been converted to uh, uh their the new way of life so we interviewed some of those persons mm-hmm. when we interviewed persons we asked those uh, um a person who do you know of any person who are still in doing your business And mm-hmm. uh, then they we will refer to that person we interviewed them or we, inter- we interviewed them then we were able to get about in, we started off with about 19 sex workers.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, those 19 sex workers provided a lot of data on persons who were, because we started in Trinidad first, for example. So, so those 19 sex workers were able to provide additional sex workers for, for us. Mm-hmm. And then those sex workers were, were, were able to provide a lot of the johns to us. So we interviewed their, their johns. Mm-hmm. We go, who, are, who are your clients? What we did, for example, we, we in, incentivized them and we were able, we told them to track everywhere you have been, mm-hmm. everywhere you conducted the sexual activity. And then they gave us that. So we had a lot of data. In fact, we had about... To about two hundred and seventy places where they actually over three month period where they conducted these activities. Then we contacted their their johns. We told them that we're not the police or we're not law enforcement. All we are doing is the human trafficking. Uh, we were conducting this research, and what happened that the john were able to get in contact, uh, with, uh, uh, refers to their 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 the traffickers, the the victims, the who, who were able to to contact us. With the with the human traffickers, uh, and then we we met the traffickers, interviewed them, and what we found out was uh, was I mean um, we we found out something that was that was very interesting because in you know in our research they are just simple people, and mm-hmm. what we found that many of them were just r- regular people.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think well, later on. Wait before we get into that, I want to know. You know, I know that you've talked to me in the past about how you've conducted this type of research, and um, you go in in a particular way that is non-judgmental. And I mean, that's really how you connect with the people. Yes. Um, so, can you describe like how you go into these communities?
2: Yes. Yes, uh, uh, very well. Well, when we go into a community, we go in as um. There we we go in with us in in a specific way, mm-hmm. in a specific way of dress. We um we treat the the for example, let's say let, let's say we 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 interview a human trafficker. We treat a human trafficker as a legitimate business person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because from our research, most um, the the, in, most human traffickers, even though they're conducting the, the act of human trafficking, mm-hmm. in their mind is the perception they do not believe that they're human traffickers. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So the
2: best way to contact them to, or, 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 or to, to have an audience with them is to remove the idea of them being a human trafficker.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the
2: first thing, we treat them as a legitimate business person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even though yes, they have the girls and we see the evidence of human trafficking is right there. But in their mind, they are not human trafficking. So we treat them as a business person. We see we also treat them as a service provider. We go in a specific way when we go to them, we bring some sort of trinkets to them or some sort of presents to um present to them. We either we we address them as sir and yes, sir, and no, we, we take very, very detailed notes. Mm-hmm. um from them and we also found out that 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 they are also very willing to provide in, in, information because they they want to tell you the story. some of them have stories that they're just waiting to tell people other than law enforcement
0: yeah, that did. is so so interesting. so let's talk about some of your findings. um you actually gave a survey. You contacted 619 people, 342 of these traffickers completed this questionnaire that you gave them, which is, uh, you got some amazing data from that, that helps the world understand the mindset of, of human traffickers. Like you said, one big major finding is they didn't consider themselves as human traffickers. They considered themselves as business people conducting their daily business, um, And your report also talked about uh, some. Sometimes it's a family business. Like, can you explain yes. that?
2: Yeah, yeah. So what we, we what we found uh, uh, that 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 we contacted, as I said, a, a 342. Most of them see themselves as, as businessmen, service pro- provider. They keep very detailed notes um, because it because it's uh, criminality, uh, um, a business based on criminality. If you if you um, defraud them, it's, it's very dangerous. If they defraud uh, their their associates, mm-hmm. it, they can, it can cause them their life. So they keep very detailed notes of who, who they, uh, they transact with. What we found also, that human trafficking tend to be a family business. Mm-hmm. Either the father, the son, the children, or the close associates. So it's a family business. It, it, it is the business of human trafficking is learned is learned by informal association with 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 persons who are within that industry so you learn it on the ground on the streets it's it's similar to like a pimp like you know a pimp may learn his his trade similar to to to, uh, to human trafficking what we 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 found out that most people who get into human trafficking business uh get get it, into it for fast money okay But they end up staying uh, a lifetime in it.
0: Oh wow! And so, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the traffickers that you've interacted with, and what what are the main forms of transport? How are they transporting uh, victims from one place to another?
2: Right. Yeah. So this is this, this is very interesting, also, because most traffickers transport their victims by by sea and by land.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: what, what we see in terms of the law enforcement, law enforcement placed a lot of emphasis on, on the airports. They have mm-hmm. strict strict securities in, in the airport, so they were there will screen person. But more in the Caribbean, they have very, very porous borders. Mm-hmm. Also in the Caribbean, the most of the governments have limited resources. They are are outmanned, out, out outgunned, out you know with, with out, outpaced with technologies most of the traffickers have have better equipment better technologies than most of the law enforcement so it is very it is it, uh, it's a human trafficking business you know um occur in the in the region with, with very little interruption because if you really look at it in terms of in terms of the uh, countries very few human trafficking arrests because oh. the laws within the region are also not equipped or not set set out to deal with issues relating to to human trafficking.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, how do these human traffickers lure uh, their victims? Okay.
2: So, so from one of the research, so what we did, we conducted about 20, about nineteen questionnaires, nineteen questions, and most, or in fact, close to close to um eight uh, 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 sorry 67 point percent of most of, of these um um traffickers said that they get their um the the victims first by seducing uh, uh, women in in the village and the community and also the promise of employment mm-hmm. okay so employment you know. Employment within the region, especially in places like Venezuela and some of the impoverished nation. So when you introduce these things to to person, they they are susceptible to it and they end up being being trafficked.
0: Yeah, and Venezuela was one of the big places that you all did a lot of in depth work in. So yes. where were the Venezuelans, the vulnerable Venezuelans, being trafficked
2: to? Well well most of, of the Venezuelans they will be they will, some of them are trafficked in uh, to Trinidad and Tobago tra- uh, trafficked to Aruba, Curacao, uh, Colombia, um, Ecuador, they're, um, they're to the United States. Uh, so they I mean they are uh, a dime a dozen so they are one of the, Venezuela is one of the most heavily uh, trafficked uh, uh, um, countries with, within their, their region
0: and is it sex trafficking and labor trafficking men sex and women sex trafficking
2: and labor trafficking yes
0: okay of men and okay. women
2: yes yes but uh, what one of the, the the interesting the interesting aspect of of our research as i said that that research uh, came out from the from, from the 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 uh, the uh, carrefour eu study when, when we conducted our our, stu- our study we were the, the government of suriname gave us a lot of access to to data territories so we were able to interview persons with let's say from the Suriname borders um the Nikeri border we were able to interview some of these uh, uh migrants as i said it is it is a business so for example you will get uh, haitians will come down to to uh from haiti to to um let's say on the plane they're they're, they're smuggled to french Guiana but what we also saw is there were what, what is called ex, ex-regional migrants. Okay. Okay. Persons from, from, from Africa, Nigeria, uh, Zambia, China, Myanmar, uh, all these places coming through the Caribbean.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: On their destination.
0: And, and on the destination
2: to the United States, Canada, and Chile. So what, what happened, they're using this, the, this region as, as a pathway and this is this is a well-organized business. So from some of the um, documentation from uh, um, a researcher called Cathy Yates, who did the study in the, in true, we found that through the Darien Gap, we found that uh, there are so many of these human traffickers, that, that these smugglers and traffickers passing through the Gap into the United oh. States. And it's a, it's, a, it's a well-established business.
0: Okay. And so um, have you all ever, well, first, let me ask you. How many people did you have involved in this project that were interviewing uh, people and how many years did you focus or did you only focus uh, on on it a year or how long did the project last and how many people were involved?
2: Yes. So for example, so the the project started in 2019 Mm -hmm. uh, and what what ended up because the project was was so uh, uh, interesting. It went on until July to, to March, 2020. And then what we did, we continued with another project in Venezuela from, from March to September, 2000, 2020. So almost a year and about uh, three, three months, we were there on the, in the field conducting those research. So what we were able to do as uh, with the study is to map out all of the routes within the, especially in Venezuela, so the 47 routes, we mapped that out. We mapped out the the, the 24 major routes within the Caribbean. So from, from, from Dominican Republic to Haiti, from Haiti to the French Guiana, so the French Antilles in Aruba, Bonnier, to all, all of the, the French and, and the Dutch Antilles through um, St. Vincent, St. Lucia, Grenada, Trinidad. So we were able to map all these routes. Wow.
0: And, and how, many, right, how many people were involved in mapping this out?
2: Well, about uh, about over over twenty persons were involved in in the study. I was the uh, lead person, the um, the lead investigator, and um, so persons were, were were we got we we had a lot of persons on the ground in in Venezuela, and in 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 other in places like Jamaica, in Trinidad. We had a, a full study. We spent about three months in 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 Trinidad. So we we had a, a thorough investigation.
0: Wow. And a lot of informants, I'm sure that.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, the informants will be because we could not do it without the informants, because especially the, the, the sex workers, especially the, uh, the Johns, we mm-hmm. found that some of the human traffickers were very, 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 very cooperative. In fact, I had a, had a two hour interview with a guy from, from Trinidad. And about two months later, maybe three months later, he was shot dead by 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 the police.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I'm <laughs> concerned about. Is how yes, yes, yes. what about your safety? Were you ever worried, or any of your team members ever threatened or worried about their safety?
2: Well, yeah, um, yeah, we had some challenge actually. For example, we went to one of the countries, and we knew that because we interviewed one of the tourists, mm-hmm. and we found out that we saw brochure. We 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 got in contact with a brochure, and this tourist was very was very uh, cooperative. He said that. As a tourist, he heard he, he his his desire for for was for the younger women. So he got this brochure and they said that you come in, in this hotel, where as a part of your package, we will introduce you to some young women on the 12th, I think. And then he, you know, that's what his you know likeness. And uh, we interviewed him and you know, he told us why, where he got information from. But the, but the hotel. New heard about our business, heard read about our research, mm-hmm. and and at nine o'clock in the night. The 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 hotel came into the uh, the hotel, the management came into the room, and kicked out w- one of our team members. So that night, oh, wow. uh, he had a call his friend, and they and they came and and picked him and picked him up. But it is in some cases it is scary. But but what, what what we what we normally tell people is that. We're not the police, okay? Mm-hmm. With That in the nobody knows. We are not interested in what you do. All we want to know why you do, why what you do. We're not in. We're not informants. We just, uh, you know, persons who conduct in a study. And in generally, most people would would give in in information. And if you get people to start talking,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you do make them comfortable, they will tell you anything.
0: And I think, I mean, that's. That's a great strategy for when you're doing the work, but now you have this report that has been recently released, talking about trafficking and the routes. And now, um, do you all still feel safe? Do you have some safeguards in place?
2: Well, yes, I, I think that that that, that we uh, well, I mean, we, we, for example, the especially within the region, in order for human there are very few arrests in the region. So, okay. so in terms of arrests and persons for human trafficking activities, the government of Trinidad they are doing a, a, a lot of work. The government of Jamaica doing, doing, uh, they're doing a lot of work, but um, you know uh, Suriname. But most of the other countries, I mean, they, I mean, it that's not the priority. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just a normal way of way of business.
0: Mm-hmm. I see, I see. And so, when you talk to the traffickers about human trafficking, what was their perspective on uh, the term human trafficking or uh, about human traffickers? Right.
2: Good. Okay. So, their idea of human trafficking, okay, is a different idea to what the authorities or what the the established bodies. Uh, um, uh, uh, deal or believe in human in, in in human trafficking, so they see that they are are performing a. They are supplying a demand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're business people. That's all. People want girls. People want women.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They are supplying that.
0: Okay, and so when did they have any opinion on people they think are? Human traffickers, or is the term not even familiar to them?
2: No, the the term is not they're not familiar. They they, are, they do they do not see themselves as human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Human trafficking does not exist in their community. So, in order to understand these people, you you, in my opinion, we did not use the word human trafficking, even though we were doing, even though the study was a human trafficking study. Mm-hmm. We we asked them, for example. For one of, one of the uh, the question is a uh, question four on the on the que- question here. Where do you get your supplies? Okay, slash women. Of, okay, mm-hmm. from where you get your supplies? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in their mind, it's it's it may be a belief system. In their mind, they do not see themselves as conducting this this atrocious a uh, uh, term of, of 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 human trafficking. Mm-hmm.
0: Well and then another part another i think scary part of your work in the report is the number of uh, law enforcement and authorities that you found were also involved or helping to helping human traffickers to commit the crimes that they commit
2: right yes so for example in this is my hypothesis of course my opinion but what we believe is that in order for human trafficking to take place, human trafficking it, there must be an, an accomplice. There, they must get um, the um, assistance from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Boats coming in. There are countries that have raiders. I mean, uh, most persons in the region they'll know when a boat comes coming uh, coming on or, or not. So, in order to evade that, they must get assistance from somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, even though so from the law enforcement, even though it's a very small. Percentage of law enforcement. We found we asked the the uh, some of their their traffickers. They said, "Have you ever received assistance from law enforcement in the facilitation of your business?"
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And o- over sixty percent of them said yes. They received oh, wow. assistance from from law enforcement. We asked them if yes to the above question, please select the main type of assistance. And the the main type of assistance. Okay, seventy percent. Uh, uh, most of them said that intelligence on evading other law enforcement. Oh, wow. So the, so the police officers, the, the, the law enforcement officers help these people evade other law abiding police officers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, that, that's it. That's a challenge we see. Okay. So to uh, uh, in evading law, the intelligence of law enforcement, then, then they, (laughs) The, the second one was the transportation of victims. So the police also assist in the transportation of these victims to, to the safe houses.
0: Wow. And the safe houses were, explain what these houses are.
2: Right. So a safe house would be, for example, for, uh, a safe house w- would be like, um, the, the, they were transported by sea. Mm-hmm. Then they will from from the from the from the from the from the port or from from the from the beach, they will put them into a safe house until that they they, they are processed. So until the either the the entertainment house, the restaurants, the whatever persons need these women, mm-hmm. so they stay in a house for like three, four, five days.
0: Okay, and then the boat would take them to the next country in the Caribbean or, or the U S right. yes. they're going to yes. get traffic
2: or they will take them to the, the brothels or they will take them to the entertainment houses. Mm-hmm. So for example, I may have an, I may have a, a I'm just, um, you know uh, I may have a restaurant. And in, in a part of the entertainment slot in my restaurant, I may have girls dancing or, or in some mm-hmm. restaurants or entertainment place in some countries. You can go into the basement of these places or upstairs and uh, have sex have sexual intercourse with any any amount of women you want or any woman you want, mm-hmm. uh based on the price. But I will have so a guy may need about six, seven, eight women for his. For his, let's say, restaurant, for example, or his mm-hmm. um, brothel house. So I, he may, he may need six women. So when, so the, that safe house will supply that uh, that restaurant or, or or place with with these women.
0: Wow! And it's so interesting that they would call it a safe house because it's anything but safe. But
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, well, you <laughs> you know. see. because and that's a cha- that's the idea is that they are not. You see, we see them as human traffickers, but Mm -hmm. they're seeing that they're legitimate business people in their mind, Mm -hmm. fulfilling a demand. One of the guys said that if I don't do it, sir, somebody else will do it Mm -hmm. because the the, the demand for sex is very high in that part of the region because remember in the Caribbean has one of the largest brothels in the world. Oh, wow. We, We found 86 brothels in the region that had uh, had five or more persons in the stable, 86. So this is, so this is something that has been going on for years.
0: Wow. And what about labor trafficking? You, uh, yeah. and what, what are, um, who are the labor trafficking victims? Are they mostly men, some women, and what do, what are they labor trafficked to do?
2: Well, well a, a lot of the the persons who are are trafficked for for labor tend to be uh, ex migrants, persons let's say from 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 Asia, from Africa, from places mm-hmm. there, and also in the do, in as domestic servants, um, also in in the, in the fields, they they are they are trafficked, especially Haitians for for example, they they are being trafficked against the will because a dollar in your country mm-hmm. might be uh uh ten dollars in your country might be a a huge amount in in um uh different countries so you have a lot of labor trafficking mm-hmm. and the, the, uh, if, for example people who are domestic servants also sometimes i met I met a woman and um we we had had the opportunity so she had this person she bought the woman from from a supplier so she had her she she, she told me she paid like about um, let me see my notes. About fifteen hundred dollars US for her. Okay. So she bought and she brought her home to work and she worked seven days a week. And I said, "Do you give her money?" She said, "Well, I give her some money to take to give to give, her, to give her to give her so that she can send home to send, send to her country." I said, "How much money you got?" Sometimes she got like you know five hundred dollars uh, fifty dollars a week mm-hmm. or fifty dollars every two weeks, and she will send that to her home. And I said. Do you send that money to your home? And she said yes. And to her, that is a huge amount of money.
0: Yes. Okay, I see. I see. Now, I see. these traffickers—what about what age range would you say typical traffickers are, and what are what's what are their what's their race or their ethnicity?
2: Well, for example, uh, well, trafficking in, in from from our research is a male-dominated industry okay okay however we, we find we also find that that found that that women are also involved in it but the women who are involved in it one of the characteristics is that either they were victims before mm-hmm. or they are they are in close association with the the male um uh human traffickers mm-hmm. so either they are they they're they're the closely related to either either family or 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 true uh a relationship so so the so the women are very very close to the to the main persons um, age range most in my opinion most human traffickers uh, traffickers are between the ages of let's say 25 and and 40 but but especially in Canada for example we see a lot of human traffickers that are under the age of 25 okay but, but in our opinion, within the region, we see most of these persons are are within that age uh never been married be never been unmarried
0: okay and what is your what is, what did your research or your questionnaire say about uh if these traffickers have ever been arrested have ever had a criminal record about concerning anything
2: yes, yes, yeah. so what we also found out that most of the traffickers most of the traffickers do not have criminal record. Some of them have never been arrested for human trafficking activities. So what we've seen is that we in the, the, the authorities may be going after the wrong set of persons. Yeah, yeah. You see, because we have a perception of who, who a human trafficker is.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
2: based on the authorities. Mm-hmm. But from our research, they're normal persons. Wow. But they have never been arrested, it's a, it's for them. It's a business. They are supplying a market. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So so they are they, they are supplying a market because there's a huge demand for uh, for that. Okay.
0: But let's say uh, you know, prostitution is illegal in the Car- Caribbean. Yes or no?
2: Yes, prostitution is, is illegal in the in the Caribbean, most Caribbean countries, but there are a few countries that that you know turn a blind eye on it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Barbados, like uh, Antigua, mm-hmm. uh you know turn a blind eye on it, Trinidad in in a sense, you know, turn a blind eye on it.
0: Yes, yeah.
2: Well, but, but
0: after after the work that you all have done, what do you think some of the responses? Should be now that you've uncovered um, all of this incredible work and people who really aren't um, aware of what they're doing in terms of or, or at least saying that they're do, they're conducting business they don't have the same perceptions that we have what what do you think should be done in the future
2: well what well what should happen for example uh, uh, it's you see human trafficking. Uh, human trafficking is a is a is a crime. Is the in my opinion, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I believe, for example, we should have a very a new definition of human trafficking. And from my research, uh, I believe that 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 human trafficking, just my simple research, is the exploitation of person of a person's vulnerability for economic gains. Okay, mm-hmm. and that vulnerability uh, that vulnerability. Um, could be physical or, or mental. It mm-hmm. could be uh, could be uh, economics. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could be uh, uh, somebody might be a might be an um, irregular migrant. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what also should happen? The whole idea of human trafficking should be marketed. Should people should know about it?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: People should know because uh, many persons are not aware of 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 this crime that exists, mm-hmm. and also. We should try to, they should have some sort of um you know uh uh symposium or some some sort of uh, uh national discussion
0: mm-hmm. on
2: on on um on the topic.
0: Wow. That I think the work that you have done is amazing. It's it's not only amazing, it's courageous. Um it is so much needed and I know you happen to be from Grenada yourself, correct? Yes, yes. I was early and,
2: born in Grenada, yes.
0: But now you live in Canada.
2: Yes, yes.
0: Uh, and so, what does the future hold? You know, for Dr. Justin, what's what's next <laughs> on your agenda?
2: Well, well, we we do a lot of research, and um, and we now in the process of of doing a lot of of writing is is a study it's a field of human trafficking industry is a field that i'm very very interested in but but we also i'm mean, also interested in research i do a lot of research a lot of data analysis a social research mm-hmm. um, and uh, we th- we think that the, uh, the 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 information now should we we in the process of writing the information of uh, publishing the the these uh, findings mm-hmm. and making people aware Because there is no body of knowledge on on the subject area in the region, if if so, very little.
0: Wow! Again, your work is incredible, and now you enter the writing phase. I know that I'm pretty excited because you've asked me to collaborate with you on that piece of it. So that's going to be really exciting. And then I know you just um, established a nonprofit. Uh, arm of your business so what's that called and what what do you plan to do with that
2: okay well yes um we have a non-profit organization by the name of uh cancaro and this is the canadian um and anti-trafficking and migration organization so what we will do we will will we're trying to look um or seek out the affairs or or the protection of 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 you of Victims of, of um, trafficking in person, we try to to assist them. We also will, um, you know, receive receive donation. But what what in, what is the most important? We are working in collaboration with most of the countries within the region
0: mm-hmm. to
2: assist and, and to and to be the the vanguard for persons who are um, trafficked. Mm-hmm. So we we will be linking with other non uh, other anti-human uh, trafficking organization. So so we look to provide assistance for uh, to, uh, to them and collaborate on, on future ac- um, activi- um, activities.
0: Well, I love that because that isn't just going in and collecting the data, which is amazing enough, but then to also have the heart to go in and form a nonprofit to come yes. back and give back to people who need it yes. Uh, so much. So um, thank you so much, Dr. Justin. And how, if people want to get a copy of this report, want to talk to you more, want to have you as a presenter, because this is really so much information about traffickers that we don't have. Uh, We need to know the mindset and the perspective and the strategies and you have those. So how do people get in touch with you if they want to learn more?
2: Well, thank you uh, again. Uh, they could, uh, well, my name is, uh, Is uh, they can call me. My phone number is uh, 647-966-4783. That 647 Or they can email me and my email address is cjustinepierre at gmail.com. That is s t i n e. P-I-E-R-R-E at gmail.com. And obviously they can um, Google our company's website, which is uh, dpbglobal.com, D as in done, P as in peer, B as in barnet, dpbglobal.com. And, um, you know, we continue to do good work right now. We are, are conducting a, a research for the curriculum for for the for the Court of Justice, mm-hmm. uh, conducting a research on bail reform, mm-hmm. and uh, within the Caribbean region, so within the, the countries of Jamaica, um, Antigua Barbuda, Barbados, and Guyana, we are currently conducting this this research. And we we look forward to do good work because one of the good things we have is that we have one of the largest databases, so we 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 can do very good tracer studies. If you mm-hmm. so we can know we know where where most of the migrants are, where 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 most of the persons from the diasporas are in the, in over twenty two countries.
0: Wow! Is there any advice that you would like to leave? For advocates who are listening, and they're all over the world, and they want to make a difference as well, do you have any advice for them?
2: Yes, I, yes, I, uh, I would say, uh, uh, read the subject, uh, spend time on the subject. You know, um, I mean, we are, are um, according to some of my friends, we are baptized in this. I mean, we, I spend maybe six, seven hours a day, every single day reading. We read almost. Every article on human trafficking on the internet, every you know UN report, every report we read it, so we put it in our database. All of the all of the data we analyze it, analyze their data, and make it into a study because there's, it's a new business, it's a new field. In five six years, uh, um, you know people will be. Would be, um, you know, hope, hopefully having a degree in human trafficking research, but because because now there's nothing nothing like that, so it's it's a body of knowledge that is very very important. And as a as a person of color, and knowing that uh, my ancestors have once have once been been trafficked, it may it, it's a very very important subject for me. And especially living 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 in Canada, where we are as a as a country they're, they're um, based on the um, the the global sex slavery index there are so many persons in Canada that are trafficked yet we we get the, so very few persons are being identified or, or, or rescued So mm-hmm. there is a, h- a lot of work for us here in Canada yeah, and also yeah so so Canada even it's even more it's more' it's more it's more serious problem in Canada. Mm-hmm. Because one of the well, why it's such a serious problem because very few persons are being are being identified or, or being rescued, even though we have law enforcement here. But there is such a wide gap in terms of the persons who are trafficked and the persons who are who persons who or, or who are apprehended and rescued. So there's a lot of work here, and I hope that this study would help the 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 Canadian government uh, to to do some more work into, into human trafficking. Because the, one of the interesting thing is that we have the data. We have the, we, we have the data from the traffickers, persons who are, who are coming in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, a lot of work for Canadians to do for our Canadian listeners. We have a lot, a lot to do yet. So, yes. well, thank you so much, um, Dr. Justin. I appreciate you and um, continue the good work and be safe. Uh, And I know you know how to be strategically safe. So just stay healthy and stay safe.
2: Thank you very much.
0: I am so impressed with what he's done. And, you know, he's such a great guy. Very nice. Very personable. Yeah, I
1: mean, he infiltrated trafficking rings, walked away unscathed. I mean, does he even know how big a deal that is? Right.
0: (laughs) I'm sure he does but right. He presents it as though he just did a little something, something like he's very humble and, um, he just discusses his work. Like somebody just drove to a university like I do and, and taught a class or drove to a Walmart and worked a shift. I mean, you know, but what he actually did is amazing. Like he and his group, really shattered the mystery of what's happening in the Caribbean in terms of human trafficking.
1: Right. It's like some Donnie Brasco shit. Like if you ever watched the movie, Donnie Brasco, um, yeah, it's like the real life movie about an undercover detective that infiltrates uh, the mob, the Bonanno crime family. He gets so close to the mob that they trust him. Um, he's in tight with the mob boss and stuff. And that's kind of what this all reminds me
0: of. Yeah. I mean, he started, this is cool because he said he started by going to a church and then building a relationship and then asking them to introduce him around and then finding uh, maybe two women or something in prostitution who introduce him then to their customers, who then eventually introduce him to their traffickers. I mean, it's sort of like, it's. I don't know if he did this or not, but there's a technique called response-driven sampling and research. And really what you do is you start with these seeds, you start with two people, they call them seeds, but, um, and, you know, you, the seeds go out and introduce you to more people, to more people, to more people. And then pretty soon you end up sort of uncovering the entire underground web of like secret or illegal networks. And, you know, he ended up mapping out routes. And I mean, that that is some some undercover FBI stuff. I don't know. Right. And I kind of thought it helped that they didn't
1: consider themselves to be traffickers.
0: Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if this was an interview or not, but. He told me that he would enter the community um, and he would wear like a white shirt and a tie and have a clipboard and seem very professional. And he would say, yes, ma'am. And yes, sir. And he would really give the people the utmost respect. Um, But he was able to get hundreds of names of traffickers, of routes, of informants. Wow. And. I, I'm just wondering why they didn't consider themselves traffickers. Right. I mean, he said there were businessmen in their minds, like carrying out orders of their bosses, uh, making money like other businessmen do. And I remember interviewing um, Dr. Austin Choi Fitzpatrick, and he also had interviewed traffickers. And he talked about the fact that the traffickers he interviewed also did not consider themselves traffickers. I think that with uh, really with all the stigma that comes with that, at least in first world countries anyway, um, it's yeah, it's fascinating that they didn't consider themselves traffickers and the way that they kind of use the water uh, because it's really harder to patrol the shores when you're on the island. So he had a lot of informants all over the place. It was just fascinating the way they did it.
1: Yeah, you know, I I also saw some articles of his work, and I know they used his name. Um, I would think that would really put him at risk.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it it did, and I think he's really brave. Um, And I know the fact that many of the traffickers, about uh, 50% or so, uh, reported that police officers helped them.
1: Yeah, and there's this one article I saw um, called corruption and law enforcement um, in the facilitation of human trafficking in the Caribbean and Latin American region. Um, And then there was something more recently that just came out that was like cops under watch. Uh, Human traffickers exposed links to local police.
0: Yeah, I think his work has exploded onto the scene, really. And people are being arrested, investigations are taking place. You know, I think his work is indeed groundbreaking. It's like, He had a lot of courage, he and his team, to really step in those areas and take the risk to really inform the world about what is happening with vulnerable people in the Caribbean and with these networks. You know, when you think about courage, you really picture somebody, you know, facing great odds or facing down guns or whatever. But sometimes, you know, it's the man with the clipboard that makes the biggest difference. Let's not just do something, let's do the best thing. If you like this episode of Emancipation Nation, please subscribe and I'll send you the weekly podcast. Until then, the fight continues.